Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast with host Elizabeth Myers, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook. Tune in weekly to learn how to have a winning life by building a strong spirit, soul, and body. Hello, welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about how to win at life by building a stronger spirit, soul, and body so that we can overcome adversity and do what we were made to do. I am here today with my guest, PJ Bevan, and I am so excited for this interview. I've really been looking forward to this as a animal lover and fitness enthusiast. She brings together two of my passions, and so I'm excited to hear what she has to say. But she has a revolutionary fitness program that is based on her work with animals as a zookeeper, which I just think is absolutely fascinating. So um, she also has a book out called Zoo Fit Safari that, that details her findings in there. So welcome to the show today. It's good to have you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. What is there other things you want to tell about yourself, your family, by way of introduction of? Yeah, that good. You did a great job. I do. I combine my passions for fitness and for uh, and for animals, uh, also for the environment to mm -hmm. to help us achieve success in our fitness. And it started when I was a zookeeper, um, living the dream. I had a dream job. I've worked with all kinds of animals. I've worked with um, dolphins. Uh, man, rescuing manatees, sea otters, birds of prey. And then I finally made my way to the Pacific Northwest where I was working with elephants of all things. So really, all kinds of great animals. I had a dream job and yet I was quite miserable. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't very happy living my dream. I had a lot of back pain, I had a lot of knee pain um, and everybody kept telling me that's just part of the job. And I kind of, sort of refused to accept it, but I was just miserable. I was eating poorly, uh, excusing myself for those horrible decisions because I was a zookeeper and I worked out for a living. And, and so again, just kind of tumbling down on a downward spiral. And I won't, I can't say what moment it was, but there was this little light bulb. I wish I had a actual light bulb that went off went on in my over my head mm -hmm. i actually describe it as lightning struck my brain <laughs> and yeah. uh, i just came to this realization that i can't take care of the animals until i start taking care of myself mm -hmm. and that just changed everything for me my 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 whole attitude and since i realized that this was an animal welfare issue it's not just a self-care issue uh, that I, I decided to use those same principles that I use with the animals on on me, and this can experiment the experiment or you know client zero here. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, let's experiment on myself. Yeah, and I like see that. If it that's, works. that's creative. That's great. <laughs> so I used, started using the training aspects. There's that positive reinforcement. So um, you know, reinforcing not just rewarding, but kind of making it motivating for me and making it enjoyable and empowering just like i would for the animals it's an empowering aspect using positive mentality um and and then also enrichment to make it more engaging i use games and um different aspects like that but for me most importantly this is just overall life changing for me it goes with almost any topic you believe in is that 
you can connect things to conservation, but fitness and conservation just really nailed it for me. It, it became so much stronger. It reinforced my behavior. Um, I, it gave me willpower, my, my resiliency to tem temptation, my resiliency to setbacks just went through the roof because I wasn't just doing it for myself. I was doing it for the animals, but most importantly, I was doing it for, for the earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You connected with your big why, your, yes. your motivating <laughs> yeah, reasons. Yes. yes. I love that. That's so important because if we don't have that, then we get derailed so easily. I had kind of a similar revelation, but I have eight kids. So it was, wow. I have to take care of myself <laughs> or I can't take care of my kids because I was always taking care of everybody else. But yeah, I, I learned kind of the hard way, same, same as you by breaking down that I, we have to prioritize self-care. So. Yeah. And I, yeah, eight kids. That's a, <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> It's a lot of self-care for you. I, I'm a little bit of a zookeeper too. <laughs> we, we homeschool. And so we went on this field trip last week to, it. it's not exactly a zoo, but they kind of rescue some animals that were kept as pets that probably shouldn't have been. And so they, it's like literally in their backyard, but their t-shirts say, you think your family's a zoo or your house is a zoo. <laughs> so I'm like, I have to get that shirt because that just defines my life so much. So I did, but I got to have a, hold a lemur on my shoulder. That oh, was very wonderful. cool. Yeah, yes. those are life-changing experiences. And one of the things I found, one of the reasons why I, again, wrote the book, wrote, kind of started this as a program was when I was sharing these ideas with visitors, I found it was a little bit more, um, it stuck with them a little bit more. I felt, I saw it in their eyes and I, mm -hmm. and I saw it in their actions and on their faces that what I was saying meant something to them. And it wasn't just that, I, I'm this different looking person or, you know, I lost the weight, I gained the energy and I, and I fixed my, my issues through fitness, but there's just this radiance about me. And then, uh, and then me practicing the principles, it was, it was, it was shining through to them, but mm -hmm. it is also, again, uh, for the, uh, for them to see, okay, yeah, I love, I, they're connecting with the animals. I mean, it, it's hard to, it's hard to steal the show from an 8,000 pound elephant behind <laughs> yeah. you. Right. So right. you're connecting them to those animals and like having a lemur on your shoulders, just, you're not going to forget that anytime mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. And it is important to have those connections um, and say like, okay, yeah, lemurs are in trouble or elephants are in trouble and you want to do what you can, but then you make it personal. So you love lemurs, you love elephants, you love dolphins having this experience. Well, you can take care of them. You can help take care of them and you get something out of it too. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about saving the animals and then leaving the zoo. And what was that? What were they saying? How do I, how do I save lemurs? It's, oh, right. I can save um, animals in Madagascar by, uh, by not wasting food again. Mm -hmm. Just a quick connection that I know of for Madagascar has some issues with with deforestation. Um, so, how can I help? Well, here's some X Y Z fitness mm -hmm. tips that help reduce deforestation. And so, whenever you are in your mode of of eating well, or you're you're not just thinking like 
hey, I'm doing this, it's, it's helping me. It's, I'm doing this and it's helping your favorite animal, insert your favorite animal here, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah, or in my case, my family. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. my family. But yeah, that's great. What, did, what kind of things did you use as like positive reinforcement and that, that motivation for yourself? So for me, uh, I used a lot of uh, non-food <laughs> reinforcement. That's a very important distinction for me is, is I use things that would help further motivate. And um, I call this putting motivation in the bank. Um, again, I, I would try different things and whatever, whatever felt good, I would, you know, I'm going to try that again. And so uh, it kind of, it kind of became a cycle of motivation, but one of my favorite things to kind of describe is when I first, first started, when I was first going to a gym and, um, and creating the habit of fitness, there's three, there's, there's three stages. So the first one is it's unbearable. Then it becomes uncomfortable. And eventually if you can power through, if you're resilient, you it's, you're unstoppable. And mm, I like that. those first two are, just a little, they just need a little oomph mm -hmm. <laughs> to yeah. get you over. <laughs> right. And um, so uh, in, the, in a bearable stage, again, I was going to the gym. I'm like, why did I do this? Why am I doing this? This is stupid. This sucks. I hate it. And, um, and but to when, once I got through it, I would allow myself to download a song. So it could be a song I heard at the gym during the class I was attending. It could have been something I heard on the radio. But every day I went to the gym, I could download a new song. And what made that so great was that then later on, I'd hear the song in my playlist. And it would remind me that I'd done that at the gym, and it would pump me up, it would get yeah. me, it would get me going I'd be like, Yeah, this is my jam. This is where yeah. I, I just I have that to too. I have my running playlist. And then when I hear one of those songs somewhere else, I'm like, I want to go for a run. I want to go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Eventually, I didn't need it every day. I just kind of needed it on the days that I was like, I really don't feel like getting out of bed. Can I just sleep an extra mm -hmm. five, 10 minutes? And then I would use it to get, that's the uncomfortable stage. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. if you do it, you can download that song you heard the other, the other day. And then eventually that kind of came to, you know, what going through those motions, eventually it just became like, my mind, even if I wanted to sleep an extra five, 10 minutes, my mind was like, yeah, you may want to, but you're not because <laughs> you, <laughs> you're going to keep going. Right. You know, you, you've been on whatever, you're on a streak. You're just that, you know, you're going to feel so much better if you just mm -hmm. get up and, and yeah. head out the door. So that's, that's your unstoppable the, phase. The power of habits. Yeah. That power of Definitely. habits. Yeah. Yeah, so I I looked through the the book. You have a lot of cool recipes of different like varieties, like keto or yes. Mediterranean. Or have you tried like all of those? Is there one that you stick to, or do you just pull things that you like from each kind of model of eating? Yeah, my model of eating is what we would call eating green. Um, mm -hmm. So the the whole book is basically about this whole aspect of that the number one question is what's the best diet and. Mm -hmm. My answer is the one that you can sustain for life because this is not just a quick fix. Oh, I, I dropped my pounds and now I'm and now I can go back to eating how I how I used to. This is a lifestyle change. So if you are not one to give up meat for the rest of your life, don't. <laughs> That's not sustainable <laughs> yeah. for you. 
the other end of that word is sustainable is not just for you, but for the, for the planet. And mm -hmm. so you're eating for, you're eating for two, basically you're eating <laughs> for yourself and you're eating for what's good for, mm -hmm. for the environment. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of pick and choose a little bit of what I have done all those um, and what we have found for my family. We, we found that we prefer a mostly vegetarian uh, diet. I'd probably say more influenced by the Mediterranean diet. Um, but the, again, it's, it's a little bit different for everyone. I've heard, yeah. again, I've experienced fantastic results from keto. Um, there's also, you know, the, and the paleo diet can, can help. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I, I kind of put all of them in there. I'm like, there is no, the way there's your yeah. way there's, and there's, uh, you know, there's other ways. So mm -hmm. helping you choose which is going to be best for you is the whole purpose of, of this book is figuring out what does work for me. Cause once again, when you find that path, when you find what's sustainable for you, you're going to be able to continue on the rest mm -hmm. of, and, and again, yeah. become much more resilient every, as you continue on. Exactly. That's where I've kind of been struggling myself recently. You know, I've tried a bunch of different things, but finding one that's sustainable that I can keep doing. Yes. I, I recently did a short foray, foray into the plant-based diet, but yeah. the problem with even just the label of that is eventually I can justify that anything is plant-based. <laughs> yeah. Eventually hamburger and ice cream were on the list. <laughs> so I'm like, this, this label is not working. I need to come up with a different label for, you know, trying to eat more fruits and veggies, but yeah, I'm excited to try some of the, the recipes you have in there. I also looked through, I like the, the names that you gave the exercises, uh, you know, that yeah. they're named after like the, the penguin crunches, right? Or like yes. sideways. <laughs> You know, I can just see the animal doing that. So tell us a little bit about your, your creativity behind that. How did you come up with those different, was it actually like watching what the animals do to move around or? Well, believe it or not, most of that came from me getting a fitness certification, my group fitness and my personal training certifications and looking at the exercises and thinking, God, what a boring name. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I can only remember some of the names for some of these exercises. They're like just so literal. Like this is mm -hmm. a lateral hamstring walk. And I'm like, no, you look like you're shuffling in the sand, like a stingray right. shuffle. So, <laughs> and, and, um, and yeah, I think that that comes, stems from my uh, enrichment mind for animals. So it, what part of, part of being a zookeeper is keeping their animals mentally and physically active through what we call enrichment that can be activities most of the time toys is basically yeah. what it what it boils down to but we have we do get really creative and uh, i think most zookeepers would agree with me like we're pretty creative and and mm -hmm. that in that endeavor but again i think i just had a natural creative mind where my mind just wanders into other, you know, yeah. dreamy possibilities. And you're making those connections of, yeah. And then you know, seeing really... something, seeing somebody do like a pike push up and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe it's pike, but it kind of also looks like an ostrich sticking its head in the yeah. sand. So there yeah. you go. It's, yeah. it's now yeah, an ostrich I, like <laughs> I, I see those being helpful. Like if you're, if you're teaching children fitness too, uh, yeah. you know, my husband and I are, are, 
we're kind of into fitness and staying healthy, but um, we're also trying to pass that on to our kids. I think the younger, I didn't really start it. I was a dancer growing up, so I was physically fit, but I didn't think about it as fitness. It was more of an art to me, I guess. So I didn't really think about fitness in terms of staying shape in shape until really after all those pregnancies had done their damage. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're, we're trying to make an effort to help our children learn these things younger, because then when you're older, it's easier to continue something you've already learned than it is to start fresh. So I really see those names being helpful. Yeah. Working with kids and, and doing, you know, they would yeah, have fun I with that. This is a perfect opportunity for us to connect with our kids and show them, you know, how we can have fun. That fitness right. is not a chore. This isn't something that we have to do. This is something we get to do. It's a celebration of what we're able to do. And then it's also, wait, again, what I love about ZooFit is that it is very family friendly. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not just for adults as far as like a diet and an exercise program. It's it's actually inviting kids like kids are like, what are you doing, mom? I'm doing penguin crunches. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. come on and join me. This yeah. is fun. We're going to okay, go so play with now the I'm, birds. <laughs> now I'm envisioning like YouTube videos with you, like with the animal and showing the kids like how to do the thing and giving like a little teaching thing about that animal. <laughs> you could be on PBS or something. Right. No. <laughs> my own talk show also. Yeah. <laughs> or, or my own uh, exercise show yeah. every week. That's neat. So what, with all the different animals you've worked with, what do you think was the smartest one or the, like the most intelligent to work with? Oh, goodness. <laughs> that's, that's almost as bad as the question of what's your favorite animal. Because, oh, yeah. Um, They're I, all I, smart in different I was, ways. I, yeah, it, it's also, again, um, it, it does remind me of like an IQ test. I will say that uh, the animals that have that impressed me the most were uh, were I, were, were the elephants and uh, I would say specifically one elephant I worked with was bamboo. You could, you could almost like see the gears turning and mm -hmm. we, she was our product, we call product tester at the mm -hmm. zoo. And um, the, the idea was, is if she couldn't dismantle it, destroy it or, <laughs> or, uh, you know, disrupt it Fair in some part. way, yeah. we were good to go. And, there you uh, go. and, you know, just I have countless stories of her again looking at a contraption that I just put up in their in their area for them. Kind of, you can just again see the gears turn. She's like, okay, if I just unscrew that, and then fine, yeah, I'll fall. And and um, and she was so elephant's trunk is it, it's not just their smarts. Their their trunk mm -hmm. is super dexterous. We think mm -hmm. our fingers are very dexterous. Their trunk has. 60,000 muscles in that structure alone. So they can manipulate things really, really well. So you combine that with a very high intelligence with a good, good memory of how things work. So if she's seen it done once, she can do it again. <laughs> and and uh, yeah. so good memory, very high intelligence and very dexterous, even though they don't have hands, they have a very dexterous trunk, very strong animal. Mm -hmm. She was quite mischievous. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if she watches you do something, she can figure out how to do it herself. Yeah, to a to a degree. Yeah, we would close doors so she wouldn't see how we put something together, mm -hmm. um, or we would have to have to have it uh, assembled in a way that she couldn't reach around to to un unassemble it. Because if she watched us put it together, she would she would just dismantle it the the exact same way. And um, 
it's very creative also. Mm -hmm. I mean, most animals I worked with were very creative, but bamboo particularly, uh, again, using tools that I didn't think that that elephants had that ability, but yes, she would take, um, we would put, you know, different items in for them to, to play with. And one of the things that we would do is uh, logs just for them to push around. We would hide food under there or stuff toys in it around it. And she would use them. She'd pick them up in her trunk and throw them into the leaves high, high above around the exhibit to dis disrupt them and then the leaves would fall down and she would just gather up the leaves and eat them and um and genius <laughs> yeah i wonder if she did that the first time by accident and went oh i get leaves yeah. if i do this or, or if she right thought well that's true. how that's how most yeah that's how most animals do figure out. i think that's how humans figured out um a lot of a lot of things before you know we passed down the information of like oh Yes, if this is how this is how we find that fruit is poisonous. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that yeah. food is okay to eat, and um, and so we pass that down. And I think yes, I think the first time she she threw a log, she was like, "Well, that's gone." Oh wait, leaves. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I like leaves. Yeah, yeah, that's very neat. So in your in your whole journey of um, you know feeling feeling weak and sick and and exhausted, and then working through how to overcome that, you know, what, what kind of some basic lessons that you learned about resiliency that like would apply to a multitude of situations where people are trying to overcome something? What, what are some key takeaways about how you push through something that's difficult? Yeah. I, you said at the very beginning, like finding your why. And mm -hmm. so um, for me, animals became a big why, and they also became a big back part of the story. So as I said, I was using these principles that I have as an animal keeper, but then I, as I was doing it, I would, I would remember these stories of me working with the animals. So one in particular is of me working with dolphins and, um, and it, it, I feel it's really pertinent to this conversation mm -hmm. about putting motivation in the bank and how to do that. And, and also uh, why it, it's so, why it's like a life important Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I worked with a dolphin for, uh, two or three years and then, um, got moved to another area and, um, and didn't see him as often as I, as I'd want to. I built this amazing relationship with him, um, taught him to come to the beach. We had a beach area. So we, I was practicing a, a, what we would call a voluntary restraint. So if we needed to pick him up and move him to another pool, it would be a lot easier for, um, for him and for the, for the staff because he was 880 pounds yeah. of pure muscle. Yeah. <laughs> so if he didn't want to be picked up, he wasn't going to get picked up. Yeah. So uh, it was, uh, it was definitely better for him. And this is, and, you know, another tons of other behaviors to help him with his health and, and his fitness. But uh, one day I was still in the, um, at the facility, but I got a call that, Hey, um, there's trouble at the dolphin pool. Um, Thor has, uh, has been injured. We need some help getting the, you know, with the nets. And I'm like, Oh no, nets. No. Oh God. This is, this is a, a, pretty stressful situation for the 20 dolphins that live in that in that habitat and and the 
tents to have that are there there too. So I do, I run out and I see, um, you know, this precious dolphin to me, I have this great relationship. He comes up and his jaw is broken and he's rammed into the coral reef that is system around and uh, situated around. And they're, they're saying, yeah, he won't come up to anybody. He won't come up for food. He won't come up to his trainer. And then they they saw that I was there and they're like, well, we know that you used to work with him. You had that, you were working that beaching behavior. Would you try one last time? And I said, yes, I'll, I'll try one last time. And um, and I, so I walked up and, he, and tapped the water, kind of gave him the special signal. And he picked his head up, dove back down. And I thought I was like, all right, sorry guys, I tried. But what he had done was turned around. He was, barreling straight for me. Um, and so he came into my arms and we were able to pick him up and, and take him back. Mm-hmm. Now I, I should say that, you know, that's not a magic moment, what I was able to do. And that wasn't something that the staff was like, Oh, PJ's magical around animals. We could, should pick her. They know that I was putting what we would call trust in the bank. I had a lot of trust built up in my bank account with um with thor so every time i did something that i enjoyed or that he enjoyed there's a little bit more trust put in the bank and every time we did something he didn't enjoy such as a blood draw or a vet visit or breaking his jaw <laughs> we we with the it withdrew trust and we do that with our animals every single day we, we pet our cat trust in the bank, we take our cat to the vet, we remove trust, um, we get, you know, add, subtract, it goes with all of our, and it goes with our children and, and, and everything. We, um, you know, we, we give them attention, we give them a hug, we put trust in, we, you know, we discipline them. There's a little bit of trust, trust out. So what I, I had done, I built enough trust that he, there was just this positive, um, relationship, he would do whatever it took for me. I had that, that I needed. Mm-hmm. So when I was working out there and knowing I had these times where I wasn't going to feel like doing what I wanted to do, I started building trust. I started building motivation um, in the bank for me. So instead of, you know, it's a little bit like resiliency. So every time I enjoyed a workout, I've kept it in the back of my head. I put a star on there. I'm like, that was awesome. That was a really fun workout. Um, every time I had a, a really, I tried a new recipe that was, you know, a healthy recipe that was really, really good. Again, I put a star like, that's awesome. That was great. And it was easy to make. And so when the times came that I didn't feel like doing it, if I, you know, uh, I, you wanted to sleep in or I don't know. I really want the donuts that are just five feet away from me. Um, You know, I would, I would go back to that, you know, to that pulling that trust or pulling that motivation out and saying, Hey, yeah. But remember you had that great time when you did the workout, you had a great time. You can do it again. Do do that workout again. Just, you know, or, um, or, you know, go to that class again. That was, a lot of fun. It would, it would help boost my willpower and it helped me, um, you know, get over those unbearable, mm-hmm. uncomfortable yeah. humps. 
I like that idea. You're kind of celebrating every victory and then like marking it, like keeping that, like you say, in the bank for for later. Exactly. Not just going, okay, another day down, but, you know, making (laughs) note of the victory that you had. I like that. And it goes the opposite way too. I mean, like helping Mm -hmm. you like, oh, we did, uh, did did a kickboxing class the other day. I was so lost and it was a little uncomfortable. And maybe if I did it again and again and again, I'd get kind of more accustomed to the, to the, uh, the format, but I, you know, that I, I put a little mark. I'm like, yeah, I don't like kickboxing <laughs> so much. And that's helpful. I mean, it really, yeah. that it's information, but it's helpful for me to like, if I'm not in the mood of like, well, well, we know we're not doing kickboxing. I can yeah. use that even in a positive way. Right. Well, we're not doing kickboxing, yeah. so let's go. <laughs> we can yeah. we can do uh, something else that I enjoy. Like, again, let's make up my own workout instead of mm-hmm. kickboxing. We can we can do some uh, some zoo fit exercises and have mm-hmm. some fun. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. I'm telling my especially my older kids all the time. You know, as they're trying to figure out what to do, I'm like, you know, part of figuring out what you want to do is figuring out what you don't want to do. And Precisely. kind of crossing th- some things off. And if you got to try it and then go, nope, that's not my thing. That's not wasted. You know, you've narrowed down what is your thing. And so there's benefit in that too. Do, do you have anything that you learned about resilience, like from the animals? Did you see them be resilient in some way that helped you? Animals are are really amazing. And it's, it's kind of um, just a daily a daily, you know, a daily dose of humility whenever I'm around them. Um, but for most animals I, I, I worked with were not necessarily prey animals, but um, but animals have a have a tendency to hide um, how they're feeling because if they are feeling sick, that makes them more susceptible to uh, in their natural environments to make them more susceptible to predation. So I don't think of that so much as resilience. Um, that, but uh, as as kind of like looking looking past and seeing and um, and seeing the the true nature of what what's inside and that kind of again uh, helps us a little bit. I'm again trying to think of a perfect example is kind of is kind of hard, but. Um, yeah. Well, we all like yeah. the, those animal stories of like the, what is that one about? Oh, the dolphin tail where they put the. Yes. Well, God, that is a very resilient. That is a very. Yeah. Stuff story. like that where yeah. you just see, or, you know, I've seen videos of like dogs with three legs or dogs that were rescued from some really desperate situation, but they make it through it, you know, with help. And um, I, I don't know, I can, I can just see that being a kind of like a metaphor for people, you know, that sometimes we're stuck in a situation and things are bad, but but we need to, part of my story is being willing to reach out for help because I, like the animals you're talking about, I hid mine for so long and didn't let people help me. And um, so, you know, just that in that community that we can help each other through those difficult oh, yeah. times. Yeah. I, I think also the importance of one thing that is also very much in common with all the animals that I worked with where they are social and, uh, and um, the dolphins, uh, you know, uh, sea lions, um, even manatees, elephants, definitely very social animals that depend on one another. And, um, and you could see if there was a disruption in that, in that, uh, in, in there, that there's, you know, uh, that it takes time for them to get back in order. So yeah. 
we had a separate pool for pregnant females so they could give birth in a nice calm environment <laughs> and um but when we would remove them females being the hierarchy of the of their of their social structure the the pool would be in disarray for a couple of days for, and so but again it would take some take some guidance from I like to say, like, take some guidance from their trainer. So they, they do look at us not as not as dolphins per se, but as you know, they're part of their um, part of their social structure. And so, if we're okay, they're okay. And yeah. that's the same thing that happened with within the animals. I, I did have the misfortune of 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 losing animals in my in my care um, more than once. But the one that struck me the most was. When, uh, when one of the elephants uh, passed away. She was an older elephant. She had severe arthritis. And, um, and one morning she, she couldn't get up. She had fallen down and she wasn't getting up on her own. And we tried to help her up, but she wouldn't stand on her own. And that's, a, you know, not a, that's not a good existence for, for the elephant. So we did have to, uh, you know, we did have to say goodbye to her and um, the other elephants obviously noticed that she was was gone. And so the resiliency there was looking to us. And it was tough because we kind of had to put a brave face forward for your elephants <laughs> to, uh, you yeah. know, to, they know that you're, they, you know, they know that you're, you're hurting aside. And so they, they knew that, uh, that Matoda was gone, but they also knew that, I was still there for them, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that, so that they knew things would be okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So again, there's that, that it, it's, it is important that we have each other. Um, and, and we are, we are social beings, you know, um, uh, as well, you know, we, we can look at the animals as inspiration and so say, like, if they can do it, they work together. And they are structured, their social structure together helps them thrive, then we can do similar things as well in a positive way. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you for writing this book and for coming on. It's called Zoo Fit Safari. And you can grab a copy at Amazon or wherever uh, books are sold. And uh, tell us a little bit about where our listeners can connect with you or how they can get in touch with you, your, your website. And yeah. Uh, so I'm on zoofit.net. NET and um, and yeah, we're working on working on amping up the uh, the website. But right now, you can again learn a little bit more about how you can connect to the earth in a healthy way, and connect to the animals, and move like the animals. I have exercise descriptions up there, um, and also uh, also my blog. I'm on YouTube, uh, ZooFit on YouTube, and. Um, and on Facebook as well. And then always uh, you can connect with me by email, pjbevin at earthconservant.com. Okay, great. Yeah, and I'll put the, the links to those in the show notes so that people yeah. can find you there. Would you like to tell us about the challenge, the fitness challenge that you sure. have coming up? <laughs> so I am I, I'm kind of amping up for the zoo fit and a brand new, I'm super excited about it. And I again, want to see other people get excited about it. So I'm offering, um, one time only a, a, uh, a 
challenge for anyone who would like to, if you buy the book, it's on Amazon. Um, if you buy the book and leave a review, then uh, you can, again, through email or through, the, through my website, contact me. And you can join my challenge for free. It's a five-week challenge. We're going to go through the Zoo Fit Safari together. So each week, I'm going to give bonus material. So you're going to get cooking demonstrations. You'll get, uh, you'll get workout demonstrations, uh, weekly coaching calls with, with everyone together, and then also some weekly newsletters to kind of help um, in a weekly class to help you focus your, your, your habits. And this perfect opportunity because we're, we're gearing up to a very tricky and sometimes um, frustrating season for, for many people who are trying to eat healthy trying to have a healthy, happy, and hopeful holiday season. Uh, so we're going to show how you can navigate the, the holidays uh, in, a, in a sustainable way for you and for, for everyone involved. That's good. Uh, so this sounds like a perfect opportunity to try out these different um, yeah. types of eating, <laughs> yeah. you know, and see when, which, which one could be a good fit for you with some coaching on that. And then to you know try out some different kinds of exercises. You know if you're if you're new to it or you're trying to re-engage, um, you know it's a great time to kind of experiment with a bunch of different things so that you can find yes. that thing that you're interested in. And as with everything, it's easier to do it in a group and have that yes. accountability <laughs> and that support and encouragement and be able to ask questions. And so, um, is there? How do they sign up for that? They yeah, email that's, you uh, for right now. It's 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 through email and uh and yeah so either email me at pjbevan at earthconservant.com okay or you can contact me through the zoofit.net website uh, with the contact form okay awesome i'll put those links in the show notes so that people can join you thank you so much for coming yeah, on you. our show today i've really enjoyed listening to your stories and hearing about fitness and how that builds our resilience and and even the the mental aspects that play into that and the community aspects um it just makes a lot of neat connections so thank you for for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us today thank you You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with host Elizabeth Myers. If you like the show and want to know more, check out elizabethmyers.me forward slash RLH podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, just fill out the form on that webpage so we can connect. Your honest review on iTunes is a tremendous help to sharing this message of hope with more hurting souls. Don't forget to join us next week when we talk about more hacks for resilient life. Until next time, stand strong. Hold on to hope and love others like Jesus does.